Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I've Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome back to the studio. Yeah, thanks, Will. It's good to be here. Yes, good to have you back. So you're kind of back in the saddle this past Sunday after a two-week break. And during that break, I think I'm right in saying that the, the Van Rees clan were at Glacier National Park in Montana. Is that right? That is where we went. Yeah, wow. Had yeah. you been there before yeah. as a family? That was the first. Okay. So, yeah, it was an amazing experience. It's one of those things where you get out and you see uh, mountains and there's an awe in that. Mm. There's an awe in the creativity of God as you just see the yes. differences that he has in his creation. Um, life-giving. Yes. Um, one thing I'll add that wasn't so life-giving is I did realize that I am a kind of a flatlander. Okay. Heights, not my favorite thing. Really? Man, I was on one, there was a trail uh, getting to kind of a summit on a mountain. And that thing, it was like a three foot wide trail. I looked down and I could see like 400 yards sheer cliff drop. Oh, wow. I wasn't loving that. <laughs> I'm like, man, I <laughs> got some cling into, the, cling into the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness yeah, sakes. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever had that before? Like, um, yeah, I've known heights isn't my favorite mm, thing. They, mm. You know, if if there's ladder work to do, yeah, me um, too. I don't love it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Well, I'm glad you guys are able to get that time and get some time together. So this past Sunday, we continued our study uh, through the first seven chapters of the Gospel of Luke. And you had us in chapter five, verses 33 to 39. And here, Jesus is questioned about fasting. Uh, so I'd like to start there. Because you mentioned that on occasion you fast. So I wondered if you could give us just some examples of when you decide to fast and why, uh, you know, how we should go about using this biblical practice. Yeah. And I, I think I'll, I'll preface it to say it's not something I do like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my favorite go-to spiritual discipline, but I do find value in it. I think one of the things that is is helpful is to recognize the point of all spiritual disciplines, whichever one it is. It's to connect with God. Mm -hmm. And so to evaluate, is this connecting with me with God or is this just a hoop that I'm doing uh, for some other reason? So is it connecting me with God? And if it is, then, you know, some great things can happen through it. There's a lot of tools that God gives us to connect with them, value in a lot of them. Fasting, um, I think that, you know, I tend to, with the fast, enter kind of reluctantly because, like I said, it's not like my favorite spiritual discipline to do. But I think I can also say when I look back at it afterwards, I'm always glad that I went there mm. uh, because I always find that there's some kind of value in it. Typically the when, yes, well, when do you do it? Um, pretty regularly when I'm face, facing specific decisions in life and, you know, probably some of the higher level decisions in life, I find um, a, a value in going to God that way and seeking his direction. Um, another one is, is simply to connect, you know, maybe if I'm feeling like I'm in a little bit of a dry spot or I'm not connecting with some of the other disciplines, um, sliding into something like fasting, it it gives me a different perspective. So Mm. sometimes it's just to connect with God in, in a, 
in, in a different way. Sometimes it's really to seek direction. And I think as far as how to use it, Will, the thing that, that comes to my mind is, again, um, the role of a spiritual discipline. It's not intended just to create agony. Right. Um, that's not the point. Oh, if I suffer and I'm going to be really hungry for 24 hours, that's going to make God happy. No. Right. That's not the point. The point, again, is to connect with God. So uh, maybe just try it. I'd encourage you if you're listening and it isn't something that you've ever done or part of your, your regular way of connecting with God, try just one meal. It doesn't have to be a whole day. Um, there's nothing that says that's the way that it has to be defined. Try one meal. And then maybe once a week, instead of having lunch today, I'm going to pause on that and I'm going to spend some time sharing with God or spend that time praying or spend that time uh, reading the Bible. But, but try it one meal and, and just kind of see what happens. And I find the other thing that's really helpful in, in a fast is when you do start feeling the hunger pangs, and that tends to happen. You know, our bodies mm. are kind of patterned that way. And we start to get hungry. For me, that's kind of a real, um, kind of a kind of a reminder to think of God, mm. to think of my dependence on Him. And so let those things in the midst of an ordinary day, oh, I'm, I'm feeling hungry. Oh, yeah, that reminds me, I'm, I'm focusing on God. It can be something that turns our minds and turns our heart right back to Him. Mm. Is it fair to say that it feels like a kind of a tool for focus? Because I, I think of prayers, like you may, might have a decision to make and you you pray about it, but then there's a point at which you think, I want to fast about this. So, is it kind of a, a greater degree of intensity, maybe of prayer or how, how yeah. would you put it? Yeah. you know, I think, And I think maybe more for me than for God. Right. And, and I mean that by saying, I don't think that God like puts more weight. Oh, we got to faster. Something. We got to faster over <laughs> right. here. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm going to pay we're attention. We're going to grant that one. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't paying attention to him. Now I will. Now I will. Yeah. God's not seeing it differently. <laughs> right. But I do think, Will, that it does change me and my focus and my attentiveness to, mm. to that issue. Yeah, that's good. I, I, uh, and when I've used fasting in the past, sometimes it's been if I've noticed that something is becoming too much of an important thing in my life, then I'll tend to fast it. Uh, I always said if you, as somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was, they said, you know, if you can't give something up, you're a slave to it, essentially. If you yeah, can't just good. say, I'm just going to take a break from this from a couple of days. And so I think that's another way that you can use fasting, one, obviously in a directional sense and seeking God, but then also in a way of saying, God, you're, you're still number one in my life. Like there's nothing that's going to come above you. And so what things have you fasted? Well, it's probably not a surprise, but sport has been a big one for me. <laughs> that's not shocking. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I think just being aware of what those things are that are good things Again, to use Tim Keller's quote, good things that have the potential to become ultimate things in your life. And when you're thinking about what the, those ultimate things are, think of the things that move your calendar, move your bank account, you know, that you're willing to give up a lot of different things just to have that thing or to get to that thing, whatever it might be. Those are probably things that are edging their way towards becoming ultimate things. So it's healthy to be able to just say, Lord, would you help me just to just to take a break from this? Because I want I want to I want you to be first, the first love in my life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, on occasion I've I've had to do that. So just another way of use fasting, I think. So one of the main threads throughout your message might have to do with being 
willing to adapt and, and change as individuals, but also as the church. You know, for example, you mentioned how our musical style at the Ridge has adapted over the years as music has evolved in the mainstream. And, you know, I think sometimes people can get a bit on edge when you start talking about being flexible or malleable as the church, that somehow we're just going to go with the changing tides of prominent culture. Uh, so how do we get the balance between staying faithful to core Christian belief but flexible in how we present it as the church? Yeah, a really good question with this passage when it talks about uh, new wineskins uh, and the patch. Th mm -hmm. Those are the kind of the two illustrations that Jesus uses when talking about change. And I think even in his illustration, he gets at that. There are some things that, are, that change and there are some things that don't. You look at the wineskin illustration. Well, the wine doesn't change. Mm. He's, he's not saying we're going to get rid of that. He's saying, but the container, the mm -hmm. form, that, that's what changes. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the, the discernment for us as followers of Jesus is to discern, well, what's the wine? What's the skin? Um, mm. By that, I, I look at it and say, I kind of think of it in terms of what's the truth and what are the tactics. Two, two different parts of what we're seeking to do, and we need to be able to distinguish between them. God's truth, that doesn't change. Right. You know, what, the way that God communicates, the Bible, um, those are the things that we say, well, Isaiah talks about the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of the Lord stands forever. That doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So, so we're, we're not going down that road, but the tactics that we use the wineskins, what holds those truths, those are the things that Jesus is saying, well, those we do need to be able to find ways to, to change them. Um, I, I think of it in terms of this, we do this thing all the time. Um, so coffee, right? Uh, you, you, we can have coffee and we can put it in a lot of different containers. We can drink it out of a mug or a thermos or a, or a cup. It's still coffee. Mm-hmm. Same thing when it's coming to the truths That's of good. Bi the mm -hmm. Bible and God. Well, it can take a lot of different shapes. The actual substance, the truth of it, that mm -hmm. doesn't change. Mm -hmm. um, but the, maybe the way we communicate it, maybe the methods that we use, um, those are things that we can change. And I think, too, Will, that when we maybe bullet point a few things, it becomes kind of obvious to say, well, is this – the truth, or is this the tactic? Is this the wine, or is this the wineskin? Example, Jesus is the only way to salvation. Truth. Right. Um, that, that doesn't change. We say, okay, well, what about how we do lighting during a service? Well, that's not biblical truth. Mm -hmm. That would be a tactic that we use to communicate the truth. So mm -hmm. that would be one that would be able to be changed. The view of human sexuality. Mm. Well, that's truth. Um, we have teaching in the Bible that, that that points to some of that stuff. Well, how about how we do announcements? Should we do videos? Should we do bulletins? Mm. That those those right. are tactics. Yeah. Uh, so I think when you look at some of the individual things that are up there, uh, we can distinguish them. One of the things that Christians are have have become kind of notorious for is elevating tactics to the method of truth. Mm, that's really um, good. It's true. Important distinction between those two things. Yeah. This conversation came up in a, a recent class that I did, you know, the story behind the story classes, did a few of those. And we were just talking about seeing the Bible really as the grand story behind all stories. And we got a podcast series actually come up that a friend of mine and I, Seth Sparks, are doing. We've put all that content into podcast format that'll come out this summer um, on the Ridge University podcast. 
But one of the things that I was encouraging the, the attendees to the class was using stories as a means of evangelism because culture has shifted less people going to church or having grown up in the church or knowing anything really much about the Bible. And in fact, they maybe have a negative view of church and Christianity. So how do you begin to have conversation about faith and about the truth of the Bible? Can you do it directly with them? Yeah, sometimes you can, and you can share just with a stranger, but actually modes like communicating through stories even some of the most popular stories of Star Wars and Marvel and all those kind of things can become a really effective means. When we see sacrificial figures again and again, mm-hmm. people laying down their lives to save the world, essentially, or maybe even raising up on the other side of it, that's a starting point of a conversation. No, I, I, did I, had I thought of that like 15, 20 years ago of using that? No, but culture shifted. And so we have to start thinking creatively in terms of means of how do we communicate biblical truth to a, a culture that is changing and changing dramatically and yeah, quickly, yeah. you know. And and it was for Jesus too. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think that's why he was having this conversation with people then as he realized, yep, truth doesn't change, but how we communicate it, our methods and some of our tactics, these are things that, that do need to change so that they're still going to be relevant and we can communicate the truth in a way that people get and understand. Mm, that's really good. Okay, one last question. You finish your message by encouraging us that we can experience the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, changing us and forming us into the likeness of Jesus. So, Mike, can you just walk us through that process. Uh, I know you shared a bit of this in your message, but I think it's worth repeating just because the Holy Spirit, I think for some people is a bit of a, an enigma really to get their heads and hearts around. Yeah. I think sometimes it feels theoretical. Um, Mm. And I think, well, practically, how does that happen? I mean, I can say these things and I can say, yeah, I believe in the Holy Spirit and I believe in this, but what does it look like daily uh, on a regular basis? So I think just from a real practical way, a way it looks like for me on a daily basis, one of the things I want to do is I want to, I want to, when I wake up, um, there was a, a time when I woken up, uh, up and I'm like, uh, I'd rather be sleeping right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to start a day like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just created this habit. The first thing that I want to go through in my mind when I wake up is good morning, Lord. Mm. Um, instead of something that would be a groan or a negative, or I want to hit the snooze and I want to keep on sleeping, but good morning, Lord. And so I I typically start there. And and then um, I think my, from my experience, the biggest rival in my life to being filled and focused on God is me, Mm. Uh, is to be filled and focused on me. And so then what I try and do, again, before the day begins, is to just have a real simple prayer that has sets the, the perspective for my day. And I say, Lord, I put your purpose above my pleasure. I put your agenda above my agenda. I put your ways above my ways. Mm. I want to follow you. That's good. I want to follow you today. And what I find is... This is where the Holy Spirit comes into things is I create less space for myself as I let go of some of those things internally. I create more space for him. And when we create more space and are less filled with self, 
I can be more filled with him. And I do find that he begins aligning uh, my heart with God's heart. Um, mm. and, and it does have a, a real significant impact throughout the whole day. Yeah, so much of it, I think, has to do with the yielding ourselves. And that makes total sense because even when Jesus says, you want to come and be my disciple, it's all about yielding. It's all about surrender and yielding our will and not being in the first chair, as it were, but being in the second chair, if that makes sense, and, and him taking a lead. I often think of the Holy Spirit in in terms of his presence, but his power. So being aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit being within us and us being carriers of the Holy Spirit, you know, going into our workplaces and things like that and being placed for a purpose, like that's God's plan uh, largely for uh, evangelism. And so when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of the gift of the Holy Spirit being given to us as we accept what Jesus has done for us and, and carrying that. So the presence of the Holy Spirit, but I also think of the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the most wonderful, glorious things about the gospel. Yes, there's good news of rescue. Yes, there's good news of eternal life. But also there's good news of change, the hope of change in us. And it's not a sense of Jesus saying, hey, come follow me and uh, just try hard. I mean, just just grit your teeth. You know, I know you've maybe faltered in the past, but just... Yeah, you're on your own. You're, you're on your own. In that sense, it's just another set of kind of do this and, you know, and then God will be happy and all that. The hope of the gospel for me is hope of change from a power outside of me that is 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 willing to graciously form me and change me and that's what i desire and so that i think takes coming back again and again and saying holy spirit would you would you come and would you work in me would you change me would you form me into the likeness of jesus and work that miraculous power in me raise me from the dead ways that are in me yeah, and for me into the likeness of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really affirm that. And I think from a practical level, where does that start? How do we f- take maybe some of those first steps to experience uh, these these dynamics of the Holy Spirit? For me, that's why I began a day with, Lord, let I want to put your agenda above mm-hmm. my agenda. That's it, because that is where practically it starts for me is to be less filled with me and self. Our culture drives so hard for us to be um, filled with self and self-obsessed. Experiencing life by following the Spirit begins by letting go of that um, and letting Him have more space inside. Yeah, I love that. Well, Mike, thanks again for your time today. Thanks for coming back into the studio. Good to have you back again. And thank you for listening today. Before we go, just want to mention an upcoming series on our Ridge University podcast channel. I had the privilege of sitting down to talk with Vivian Kincaid about how we can go about living a life of prayer. Vivian's a teacher here as well as a mentor to many at the Ridge. So be sure to check out that series when it drops on July 12th and learn how you can grow in one of the most important things you'll ever do. So thanks again for being with us. We hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. 
The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.